Episode 101 of Keep the Kayfabe. I'm Mike, sitting here with my boys, ready to talk some wrestling. It's been a while. We had to take a little break because one of our boys recently got married and was enjoying his honeymoon. We just hit 100 episodes and it's like, you know, we might want to take a little breather. It's been a long summer. We're getting into the swing of things of the year. But a lot has happened in the world of wrestling that we need to catch up on in these last two weeks. So we're happy to be back. So let's get this started. Over in Glendale, somebody who keeps it regal, my guy Steve Groschmidt. What up, Grubby? Man with a mask, you buttercup. I'd like to pick up your petals and rub them all over me. (laughs) (laughs) Was that William Regal? That was an actual William Regal quote to Excalibur. (laughs) Oh, God. He's been doing that. He's like been kind of like weirdly like flirty with him, and it's hilarious. Yeah. He had another one tonight. Yeah. I noticed that tonight. But for a guy that said, "Oh, I got to think of an intro," like three seconds before we started recording, that's what you came up with. You are truly brilliant, Steve. That's because I'm a generational talent. Absolutely, there's two and of them for you. You're the man. Awesome. Well, good to see you, my man. And fresh off of his honeymoon, my guy. He has kept it freshly squeezed in several countries in the Mediterranean. Freaking awesome. Saw the pics. Looked amazing. Mr. Matt Michelson, how are you? That's all true. And uh, if you ain't down with that, I got two words for you. Scissor me, Daddy Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Gladly. Yeah, I want all of that uh, Mediterranean, whatever you got left over from that trip, because it looked absolutely amazing. You mean the pizza, right? Yeah. Oh, dude, pizza's amazing. Yeah, it looked amazing. It, it's funny. So, for those of our listeners who have followed the show for a while, you probably heard I recently got married. So, my wife and I uh, went on a little European getaway for almost two full weeks, and we spent I don't know probably a week alone in two cities in Italy. And yes, to answer your question, we ate pizza almost for every meal. Thankfully, the hotel had breakfast provided, and it wasn't pizza, so that was our excuse. So. Overall, it was an amazing trip. Um, For those of you travelers out there, two things. Uh, If you go to Santorini, ride the donkeys. And uh, don't plan on renting a car in Venice because you won't be able to use it. (laughs) Noted. How was Greece? That's one place I've always wanted to go. I mean, you were in Mykonos and... Yeah, Mykonos and Santorini. Um. If you're a beach person, Mykonos is the way to go. If you just love being like 5,000 feet up in the air, staring down on all the peasants below, Santorini is the place for you. Nice. Wow. Well, it's probably where a lot of our new champions in AEW will be staring down at the peasants because we got a lot to cover in a little bit here. But, Matt, it's great to see you back. You feel Thanks. good? Great to be back. I, I do, I do. I'm I'm still a little tired from all the travel. It's been less than twenty four hours since we got back. So but yeah, I feel good. I'm I feel lost though. There's so much going on in pro wrestling that I have not been keeping up on. So I'm really excited to hear what has happened over the last two weeks. Well, 
That's why we do this show, ladies and gentlemen, and all the listeners that follow us, is to keep you up to speed with what's going on. We don't have Charlie with us tonight. He's got another underwear modeling gig this evening. Um, but, you know, he's usually the one that keeps all of us up to date. The dude is literally the New York Times of wrestling, there which are is great. Unconfer- but- there, despite the reports you might see from Meltzer, um, Charlie was not Bandito <laughs> tonight in the mask. So He was not. No. <laughs> Oh, man. What a match that was. We'll get to that in just a little bit here. Okay, so uh, it's been like two or three weeks. I hope you all enjoyed the Baxter Belafonte interview. He's one of our favorite guests that comes on the show, and uh, it's got a lot of listens, but go back and listen to that one. That's a It's a great interview. But for 101, we're just going to get up to speed with what's happening and get on a new momentum here. So something huge that happened, we had CM Punk drop the belt as soon as he won it after All Out because of his antics in the interview and backstage, yada, yada, yada. We've covered that before, but they had this pretty awesome tournament of who would be the interim champion and then the actual champion. Well, that all came to a head then at Grand Slam in New York this past week. It was incredible. What a show. Uh, I was texting with the fellas. I mean, that just seems like a destination that we have to get out to and attend a wrestling show at Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York, Long Island. Uh, it's absolute fire. I mean, Chicago is a rock, a ruckus crowd. Very ruckus. These guys, I don't know. They it seem almost, like out of their it minds. Seems, it seems like a next level. Like, I mean, as much as yeah. we can tell on TV, it seems just insane. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it's because, too, you know, like CM Punk usually like was the torchbearer for like that ruckus, that counter, the rep, you know, just the the FU attitude. Well, CM Punk is a little old and I think a lot of his fans have gotten a little old, too. So it's kind of hard to go hard for that long. MJF is like the newest, hottest, brightest star. He's a spring chicken. He's not even 30 years old, I don't think. Nope. A lot of his fans are young. Yeah, and have the enthusiasm. And New York is just batshit crazy to begin with. Shout out, New York. We love you. And uh, I just think they have it right now. They hold the heavyweight title of being the rowdiest wrestling crowd in the 50 states of North America here, I think. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I would agree. I I mean, admittedly, I haven't seen the latest Grand Slam event, but the one from last year, if it's anything like that, if not better, it's a phenomenal show. I think, you know, for those of our listeners, you probably have heard these stories, but those of us here at Keep the Kayfabe did attend All Out 2021, which was heralded as one of the best pay-per-views of all time. Mm-hmm. And watching these shows at Arthur Ashe Stadium has a similar vibe where you feel like you're at a pay-per-view show, but it's awesome because it's on live TV. So... Mm-hmm. Yes, there's definitely a different energy. Love to get the guys from the show together. Maybe we take a little trip out there at some point in the future. It'd be amazing. But regardless of that, um, it was a really well-booked show. I haven't heard anything about the matches, but I believe Mike and Steve can bring us up to speed on that pretty quickly. For sure. This we one definitely can. was special. So the championship match was between Brian Danielson and two-time champion John Moxley both members of the Blackpool Combat Club. How is this going to go? What is this going to take? The friction, the battle. I mean, these are two badass veteran ass kickers. William Regal's going to be in the booth with the guys. Um, Steve, 
Do you have any uh, feedback on? Do you want to set this one up so the listeners? Yeah, know? I can't. Yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, yeah, it's like. Yeah, you set that up nicely yourself there. But um, as we remember, when the Blackpool Pool Combat Club was formed, it started with Moxley and Danielson like fighting, you know, and they actually mm-hmm. had a, a big match. And then that's when Regal came and like brought united them. So, I mean, you know, they were like this whole alliance was formed, forged in violence. And then now these two have to fight for the top prize. It was, you know, it's kind of cool. It's like resurrecting an old story. And right. um. You know, if I'm being honest, I don't think it was like for considering how great those two have been lately. It wasn't like the greatest match in the world. I would give it like a A minus, but uh, it still was good. Hard hitting, as you could expect. I mean, these dudes just like leaving their DNA on the chests and whatnot. Um, but uh, I honestly, yeah, I, I the other beauty of a match like that is that it, at least to me and a lot of people I talked to, it was truly up in the air what the outcome was going to be. I know I and a number mm-hmm. of friends I was talking to all thought Danielson was going to take it. Like this was his moment to get the big title. Um, but then there was the other school of thought that Moxley has been such a statesman for that company through all this turmoil and, you know, uh, all the bullshit, you're a punk's injury. And then the, the other bullshit, he's like just been the rock for that company. So he's certainly mm-hmm. deserving. And that's, that's the direction they went. And um, um yeah, they also, I mean, maybe the foreshadowing of that was a few weeks ago, um, MJF and Moxley getting into it, and, you know, that naturally leads to the next feud. So, um, yeah, it was really one of those can't lose for the fans because both guys are so well-respected, and um, they almost teased, like, um, a little uh, issues with Moxley and Danielson after Moxley Danielson looked a little pissed. But I think they must be moving on from that because, as we saw this week, Danielson's moving on to continue his beef with Jericho and Moxley's, uh, you know, he's going to be taking on Juice Robinson today and he's got Hangman coming up at some point. Yeah, so it's it's like they seem to be going their separate ways now, but lots of good stories developing from this. Lots of good stories. I, of course, like I mentioned before, I hadn't heard any of this or seen any of this but i did catch up on tonight's episode of dynamite as we record and the match with john moxley as the world champion really caught me by surprise because last i watched you know i think they had just set up the tournament for to crown a new champion after punk being vacated so it was pretty interesting seeing moxley which honestly wasn't a surprise what i was surprised by though was that the final match of the tournament was moxley and danielson um, because I don't think I had seen that. And it's a really interesting match combination. I mean, Danielson has barely lost since coming to AEW. I think he, his only two losses, I believe, are to, I want to say, Daniel Garcia and Kenny Omega. which Jericho. Two, oh, and Jericho, too. Yep, great call out. So, um, so yeah, it, he doesn't lose often. And I know they had teased having him be the champion at one point. Danielson, that is. Um, yep. But keeping it on Moxley, I think, makes a ton of sense. The guy's on an incredible roll, hot streak. Like, it, it just, I don't know. It still doesn't feel right taking the title off him. I think at some point when they do, it's going to have to be a really well-done story with a really big blow-off um, that fans are not super shocked to see coming, but are, you know, at least ready for and puts a nice cap on Moxley's title reign. I feel like that moment's... I don't know. I think that moment might come sooner than we think, given MJF. Yeah, that, I think you're right. 
and for a guy that was supposed to be on vacation after he dropped the belt to CM Punk, he has got to be getting paid in I hope so. I mean, and then some to be, you know, and he's wrestling he's not wrestling any puppies here. Like mm-hmm. he's wrestling legit wrestlers pretty much in his time off to keep this company biggest prize, you know, re- reputable and going. He's doing a huge service. So big ups to him. I mean, he was, he even said it himself, I'm supposed to be chilling after uh, all out, but he's back and <laughs> he's going to, yeah, like you said, Matt, it is going to have to be such a great story. And this is, this is our first three time champion here too. Uh, he, he's going to be, you know, a legend. He never got the respect he deserved in WWE. He kind of was my favorite wrestler when he was Dean Ambrose. I'm glad he's getting the respect. Uh, he's cleaned up a lot since, um, his rehab stint and Mm -hmm. it's showing like, I don't, I mean, he's looks in great shape. He's putting out great work. He's focused. Big ups to John Moxley. I can't say enough about the guy and thank you to him. Thank you, John. So, you mentioned Chris Jericho a little while ago there, Steve. Sure and, did. Um, this is another astounding development that happened at Grand Slam. It was Claudio Castagnoli and Chris Jericho of the Jericho Appreciation Society going up against one another for the Ring of Honor Championship. As we know, Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor and it's integrated it. Not great yet into... AEW on Dynamite and Rampage, we've been kind of wondering, when is this shit going to get going? Well, put the belt on Chris Jericho and watch it go. The dude, upset. I mean, I would call it an upset. Maybe not. I don't know. It's a matter of opinion. But I did not see that coming. Uh, We love Claudio. He just got into the company. Uh, He just got the belt over uh, a great champion of Samoa Joe. Uh, We thought he was going to be the torchbearer for that, but no. Chris Jericho comes in, swoops in. He is now the Ocho. Chris Jericho, Ring of Honor champion. How about that, eh, Steve? Yeah, I think, yeah, I didn't see it coming either, but I'm I'm actually really happy they did it. And it maybe tells mm-hmm. me that we're getting closer to this, whatever next phase of Ring of Honor is going to be. And having the all-time great, the GOAT, uh, do the same thing for Ring of Honor that he did for AEW. You know, he was the first AEW champion. And yeah, I forgot to bring that up. Yeah, and now he's, you know, I mean, no offense to Claudio. We all know he's great, but if you're going to launch a new brand, who's a bigger name recognition? Jericho by a mile. So I think oh, yeah. it's brilliant to put the title on him. I love this storyline where he's essentially trashing the whole honor thing. Because let's face it, and I can, you know, say things like this when Charlie's not here. Um, the vast majority of the AEW crowd probably doesn't really give a shit about Ring of Honor. I'm not saying they, they're completely ignorant, but they don't have the attachment to it that the hardcore Ring of Honor fans have. So to reboot that just like with the Greshams and some of these other dudes that have no charisma would have been a failure. You put Jericho on there and you have him kind of taking the company hostage, I think is a, just a tailor-made brilliant story to kick it off. I totally agree. Um, This is another one of those stories that blew my mind when I saw it tonight on Dynamite. Um, You know, so when we turned on Dynamite tonight, the first segment, Jericho Appreciation Society is in the ring. And I see Daniel Garcia holding the Pure Championship, which I think I had caught that before I went away on the honeymoon. That was a couple weeks ago, yeah. Yeah. 
But then I also see Jericho holding a Ring of Honor belt, and then they mention <laughs> the Ring of Honor champion, Chris Jericho, and I, seriously, I had to turn, I did a double take and just went, what? <laughs> so, really interesting development, like you said, Steve. I am, I, I kind of had the same train of thought. Like, if they're going to push this Ring of Honor deal eventually and, you know, hopefully get a TV show of its own going just for the sake of AEW, I think Jericho's a great person to get eyes on that brand out of the gate right away because we got to remember one of the reasons ring of honor went out of business was they didn't have the names to support the brand now of course the pandemic didn't help by any means and i think that was a big part of it but having a star especially at the level of chris jericho can only help make it better than it was and i think that's what tony khan has to focus on if he wants to make it a worthwhile investment but regardless of all that um yeah jericho winning the ring of honor championship crazy right um i did have one question for you guys so the ocho is yes. that the i i guess we'll call it the gimmick of the week for chris jericho or what's the story behind this well that um is how he when he basically challenged claudio he pointed out that he is a seven-time world champion um and <laughs> if he won the ring of honor title which is a belt he never held that would be his eighth title therefore the ocho and of course then he just kept saying it making it a thing as Mm. chris jericho can do better than anybody so yeah he essentially (laughs) took his eighth title shot or his eighth title reign and turned it into a catchphrase the ocho well and it and it's just so complimentary complimentary to the jericho appreciation society since they're kind of like just a walking, talking gimmick in itself, and the yeah. Ocho is, you know, plays the obscure, off the beaten path sports that are entertaining, but nobody gives a shit about or takes seriously, like cornhole or <laughs> rock skipping. I actually watched a lot of it. It was actually really fun. They do it for like it's kind of like Shark Week for ESPN. Uh, you know, made famous uh, in the movie Dodgeball. They actually have some pretty funny ass content. They have like pogo stick championships, all the obscure stuff. Mm-hmm. Pretty entertaining. Like to have it on in the background, and they have announcers for it. It's hilarious. Anyway, um, yeah, the Ocho Jericho Jericho Appreciation Society. They're they got some gold in the ring tonight. We saw a little Daniel Garcia versus uh chris jericho and brian danielson get in the mix uh i mean i mean jericho appreciation society and blackpool combat club they're running that shit over there it is great it's It's so true and and i gotta say even in the last two weeks watching it tonight the two people in the jericho appreciation society i just can't get enough of right now number one is (laughs) anna jay God, when mm-hmm. did she learn how to cut a decent promo? Like, oh, she's hilarious. So she so just like goes crazy. Yeah, yeah. when she just baby. goes crazy, and it's it's she's like the one female in AEW who can get away with it. I think and mm-hmm. make it work. Um, the second is Daddy Magic, and we've all known of that for, for a while now. But <laughs> I I did I did love the line tonight where there was pizza in the ring and nobody got any pizza, yeah. and uh, Daddy Magic said. You all were going to get a taste, but now you won't. <laughs> In this case, so it was perfect. literally a taste. A literal taste. Yes. Oh, he's the best. He is the best. I just die when he talks because he's just, it never ceases to entertain me. I could watch, it probably, I wish they would just have like a 20 minute segment of Daddy Magic, like telling a story or something in his intense style. Or maybe an interview on a Milwaukee based wrestling podcast. <laughs> that would you be think good. he wants a taste? 
<laughs> we give him a taste. Well, if he wants anyway. one, he can come get a taste. Yeah. Well, Dude. and I don't know if you, because uh, uh, Matt, you probably didn't see this because I think it was while you were gone, but they brought that Luigi, that pizza guy. They randomly had him on, uh, I think it was either Dynamite or Rampage a couple weeks ago. And they, like, he was standing there flipping the pizza. And I think it was Ethan Page just out of nowhere gives him a, um, a super kick and like flattens him and oh, people God. just people just popped and so i Flatter mean than a thin crust and, and but then there were some wrestlers and of course you know there's speculation if they were it was a work or a shoot but like miro on twitter like a uh, bitched about how this guy flipping pizza is on tv taking up tv time and uh there's a little bit of uh about that but then of course what do they do they bring him back this week with the heels mm-hmm. <laughs> well and then we're talking about that line uh, this week on our show from Daddy Magic in accordance to that pizza guy. I mean, yep. everything Jericho touches and his cronies turns to gold. So it, really does. it makes total sense to put the gold on him for Ring of Honor. Um, just hitch your wagon to him. He's he's basically like a guaranteed base hit if he's your leadoff batter, and yep. that's what you want. So uh, good things are happening there. Other great things that are happening in AEW. Matt, would you believe it that the acclaimed in Brooklyn in front of a raucous crowd after a huge match at All Out, pretty much the match of the evening at All Out, get a rematch versus Swerve in Our Glory, and they take the tag team titles in front of a crowd that is just really going banana lands out of their minds to see these guys get the titles. Would you believe that? Would you believe that? I think I would. Um, so I, I was surprised to see that they were the new tag team champions. Um, but then I started thinking back and I'm like, okay, how, what, how did I feel about this match before Arthur Ashe? And I think it was the moment they said, we're going to have a rematch at Arthur Ashe Stadium. I knew the acclaim were going to win. Because oh, sure. Why would yeah. you have them lose one, the first match, being as popular as they are, and then immediately job them out for you know a second time in a row? To what end? Um, it's a Vince thing, really. It would totally would have been a Vince thing. And, and it's exactly. crazy because logically it doesn't make any sense. Like you get no heat out of that. People just get pissy and like, you know, depressed. So yeah, I, it was, I was somewhat surprised, really happy to see it. I do love that daddy ass is hanging out with the acclaim now. I th- I think, um, yes. Yeah. It, it seems to be sticking. Yeah, it oh, seems dude. to stick. It's a good dynamic. I I didn't realize it, but the Acclaim's whole like scissoring gimmick and wh- however that started, Billy Gunn is like the perfect guy for that because I mean that that was his character in the late nineties, early two thousands. So it's not too far of a stretch to believe it. It is a little bit of a stretch that his sons would turn on him, but ah, we can forget that. Yeah, Billy Gunn is like the Betty White of wrestling. His career <laughs> only gets better with age he was solid with dx was on a great thing kind of like the golden girls mm-hmm. uh betty white you know that was like what got him famous and then fuck daddy s is like more relevant than ever talk about it- having a something that will get you in trouble in middle school suspended from school if you <laughs> say suck it or scissor me twice in your career only people can hope that daddy ass is living it and he's 58 years old and he still looks like a million bucks yeah fuck yeah that is incredible i I actually didn't know he was 58 that's pretty cool but um 
Yeah, I totally get what you mean, Mike. The Betty White comparison's a good one, and I feel like also as he gets older, he stays inappropriate, just like Betty White, and somehow it still yeah. sticks. So, dude, and it's not pathetic. I like you know, if I can allow myself a little ripping on the other brand, um, I used to feel like the latter iterations of uh, DX when it was Triple H and Sean when they were kind of in their forties, mm-hmm. like. Uh, it was like two old dudes trying to be cool, and it's just, I don't know, it, it was kind of painful at times. But I feel like Daddy, or Daddy, Scissor Daddy doesn't, he doesn't come across as pathetic. It, it, it still works for him. Mm-hmm. He's perfect. He, um, I, I just um, think that it's only going to get better. I hope they don't wear it out. They'll, I think they'll continue to reinvent it. But anyway, the acclaimed are more over than anybody that I've ever seen in AEW. And they just really came out of nowhere. I mean, back back when we were talking, I was like, oh, these guys are really good. Uh, or like, I love their raps. Oh, that Bowens guy, he can actually go. Mm-hmm. Nowhere would did we ever think they were going to be champs. We were like, oh, if they if they like do like a Rampage tag team belt, that would be cool. They would be great candidates. Well, ever since they got their wagons hitched to the Ass Boys, the, the gun club, and had their little thing, and then that gimmick happened. The crowd is just scooping up their T-shirts. They're making cardboard scissors in the crowd. They're getting crowd integrated. They're getting chants for them. I mean, you got to put the belts on these guys. And how long are they going to hold it? I don't know. I, I mean, a while. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, it's going to be, It's uh, hopefully it's going to be a while, because I do enjoy them. I do enjoy I think- them a lot. I think what I what I like to see AEW do going forward is, um, you know, because they got such a rich tag team division that's like a mix of legends, and then like these teams like the acclaimed that are like, in some cases, homegrown, still young. Like that's a better use to me for the titles. Like just like Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. I mean, their reign wasn't perfect, mm-hmm. but I'd rather see guys like that and the acclaim hold the belts than like the Young Bucks or right. even at this point the Lucha Brothers. Like those guys are so established, they don't ever need to hold the belt again to be relevant. So mm-hmm. I just think this is a case where the belt can help make somebody. And um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I like that they, I like that they do that. You could just swap the title between the huge names. Um, and they don't do that. They just they kind of stick to the plan of elevating the next generation. I think I agree with you, Steve. I but at the same time, that does point out something, which is there is a significant gap between teams like the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers, and every other team in AEW. And it's pretty weird to see. Like normally, you don't have such a massive gap like that in terms of talent or name power or anything like that. So, but I do, at the same time, I do agree with you. I think. In this case, um, and I think it really started with Swerve in Our Glory, it just makes sense for AEW to use the tag team titles as a way to elevate these tag teams mm-hmm. um, versus you know teams like the Young Bucks holding the belts hostage. Because we remember, I think, in 2021 when they were tag champs for a long time until we saw them lose it to uh, the Lucha Brothers at All Out. But yeah, since then, I feel like it's sort of been like, okay, I mean, who else really is there that's at that level? And I mean, unfortunately, right now, the answer is nobody, but kind of like you said, a lot of these teams are new, they're homegrown, they're young guys. We'll see them grow, and as they grow, hopefully they elevate the belts as much as the belts elevate them or however, whatever order that comes in, but yeah, it'll be really cool to see what the Acclaim do. I, I really hope, just for the sake of their trajectory, that 
they have an awesome title reign because I feel like over the last year, year and a half or so, they've really gradually just been getting better and better and more over with the crowd. Like every week is better than the last, which is mm-hmm. really uncommon, I think. So, yeah, if the title reign continues that trajectory, I mean, these guys could very well be at that, you know, Lucha Brothers, Young Bucks level in their, of course, in their own way. It's they wrestle a very different style, but yeah. it would still be really cool to see. Totally agree. They know how to put on a great match, too, because it's not like they're doing a great match or, or like they took a, the titles off of the Young Bucks. They took it off of Swerve in Our Glory, Keith Lee and Swerve Scott, who probably don't even have the highest amount of chemistry. But seeing that match live at All Out, it was, I mean, they gave them time, which was like a great opportunity for them, and they seized it. Every opportunity that these guys get, they seize it, and they have never let the crowd down. They've never let themselves down. Um, th- you're right, Matt. They keep getting better and better. They're, they know how to put on an amazing match, and they just get it. And when you have the mic skills with a, with a guy like Daddy Ass that, has, that knows how to work the crowd and be loved and sell a hell of a lot of merch, it's a match made in heaven, baby. And someone else that is... Uh, Making huge waves in AEW right now is Maxwell Jacob Friedman. We saw his return at All Out um, just recently as the devil. And uh, he has come to play. Every um, opportunity he gets on TV, it is must-see TV, ladies and gentlemen. The mic skills that he is performing, we all know what he can do. But he's just sharpened his blade even more during his time off. Uh, what he's doing, uh, what he just did tonight in Philadelphia was <laughs> just hysterical. What he did in Long Island, what he's done leading up to uh, the Arthur Ashe Stadium has been amazing. So it's just so great to have him back. He's got this uh, this chip that he got at All Out where he can cash it in at any time that he's been teasing. I think we'll see that probably happen for a while here. We just uh, talked about how Moxley is the established champion. We're going to... We're probably going to let him have that for a little bit, maybe a month, maybe a month and a half, two months at the most, I'm thinking. But it could happen at any time. What are you guys thinking with MJF status, how he's kind of, you know, being the spokesman of AEW? Like he said tonight, the biggest draw the company has. When is he going to cash that in, you think, and how? I could see it being as soon as... This isn't my official prediction, but I could see it being as soon as Cincinnati when Hangman and Moxley face and presumably um, Moxley beats Hangman in a barn burner. Like, what better way to put over the ultimate heel than to have him steal the title from Moxley in his hometown? I mean, that would be pretty that'd be pretty heelish. So uh, it could be that True. soon or they could drag it out. That's the kind of the beauty of what they're setting up with this. Now suddenly they have their own money in the bank here. Like I feel like the chip in the past was more like a, you kind of called it in advance, and then they announced that right. like a, you know for the next pay per view, or whatever. Now they're like making it a cash in any time, which is funny. Right. It's especially funny from a guy like uh, MJF who keeps making the WWE references and keeps like kind of implying they're better. I mean, it's perfect for him to kind of turn that into a <laughs> WWE prop. 
Right. So uh, it's pretty genius. Well, it makes more sense to cash in a poker chip, too, because mm-hmm. in casinos, it's actual money and you do cash it in. You, can't you put really it on the table. Yeah. Right. So. Unless it's full of money. True. But um, no, and I think uh, AEW is funny because it's like last week. Um, Moxley, or I'm sorry, MJF was interrupted by Wheeler Yuta, and everybody's like, "Wait a second, Wheeler Yuta is not gifted at the. He doesn't have the gift of gab. What's going on here?" And it showed MJF kind of eviscerated him in a little verbal tete-a-tete. So then they do it again this week, and the fans are kind of like, "Uh," but then somehow because MJF's a pro and like he just all the right things to turn the crowd against him, like Wheeler Yuta's getting cheered and like goes after him. So it's like they somehow made that work when everybody is like, "Why is it?" It wasn't why? Wheeler's hometown of Philadelphia, though. They made they said something about that, but yeah, was, that w- they did mention that. Um, it got it a little wasn't working at first. Crowd. Yeah, yeah, and he kept dropping references to all kinds of local Philly things. Yeah. Just to do whatever he could to get the crowd on his side. And I did notice that MJF did a good job putting Wheeler Yuta over and then kind of making himself look like the heel at the same time, which he, he does it all the time, but it, it really paid off in this case. Um, Yeah, this was another one of those segments where I was like, wait, Wheeler Yuta and MJF? Okay. Um, It was interesting seeing Wheeler Yuta on the mic. He was better than I expected, but not even close to being able to hang with MJF yet. No, um, yeah. And so, I mean, hopefully that comes with time because now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know if I've ever seen him cut a promo in AEW. Not so, like that. Yeah, at least not in the ring like that. That was very new. So if this is AEW's way of giving MJF something to do for a few weeks, giving Wheeler Yuta some TV time and a chance to get on the mic and work on his promo skills, it, you know, it checked all the boxes. Um, I, I'm sure the match will be f- phenomenal. Yeah, I think so. so That's what they're I, counting on. Yeah, so I'm hoping they... Um, booked it well and we'll see it happen next week but yeah definitely a weird one that i couldn't have guessed i mean there was a lot of things on tonight's show that i never would have guessed but this was definitely one of them i kind of think it's nice like a a nice thing about the aew crowd even in a city like philadelphia where they kind of like i feel like you know maybe a wwe crowd or other crowds in wrestling would have just completely shit on wheeler and not gone back but it's like they kind of gave him the benefit it's like you can't really hate the guy he's he's not great on the mic but he's a well-respected wrestler they came around on him mjf did the right thing of like ripping on the crowd enough that they booed mm-hmm. and uh i don't know i think there was like a forgiving like that that i was it's kind of nice to see a wrestling crowd do for somebody most definitely well we're gonna have to wait and see we're just gonna sit back and relax and see what MJF has in store for us in every show. I mean, it's must-see TV since he's back. I mean, I don't even notice that Kenny Omega is gone. I don't even notice <laughs> the Young Bucks, CM Punk, all those guys. It's they've, really all about MJF for me personally when it's we're on, going on. We're going on, what, four or five weeks now that they've been back over a million? So, I mean, there was yeah. some disappointment that last week they didn't have a big pop in the ratings for grand slam, which as we've been saying, this whole show was like this amazing uh, set of events. I, it's a shame that they're, you know, they, the ratings didn't reflect that, but they're still over a million at kind of a key time. So that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, that is true. And I think um, despite all that, yeah, like you said, Mike, Kenny Omega being gone, the bucks being gone, 
it is good to see that they're still doing well without them. I, I think MJF winning the world title needs to happen as soon as possible, the more I think about it, because the guy is clearly a huge draw. Um, I mean, it's like you said, it's must-see TV every week. And can you just imagine a guy like that holding the world True. title hostage? And I mean, like, in the way that he does, where he just kind of cowers and runs. And you know there's no way he's letting go of that title until the right person comes along. And that's probably going to be a long time. So I'm personally okay with it. But, yeah, we'll wait and see what happens. I hope you're right, Matt. I agree. Shit or get off the pot, Tony Khan. That's right. All right. So, Matt, I got one more other piece of information for you. Would you believe that one of wrestling's um, prolific women, a very controversial female character in the business, um, even had her own movie made about her, Mm -hmm. um... Comes to AEW just unexpectedly. Charlie said he heard it through the grapevine. I never heard him say it. I don't even. I've never even heard one mention. But when you see Paige come out onto the ramp at Arthur Ashe Stadium and uh, go by the name of Soraya, would you believe that? Would I, could it even be a possibility? I had no clue this was coming. Um, I think. I mean, I had heard talking like. Page, now known as Soraya, like has done a few podcasts recently with like Renee Young and or excuse me, Renee Paquette. Um, and I think on a couple other podcasts as well. So I knew that she was kind of back in the spotlight a little bit. Okay. But typically, I, I feel like whenever that happens, somebody's making a move. And I forget when this when these interviews actually went down. So, I mean, I kind of assumed at some point she would make an appearance somewhere. Couldn't have told you it would be at Arthur Ashe Stadium. I was shocked when I saw that she was going to be on Dynamite tonight. Um, really interesting. Now, what they're doing with her, I think, is also really interesting. It is she meant to be like, I guess, the general manager of the women's division in, in AEW? Because that's what I got out of it. It's a tonight. great question. I was yeah. talking, yeah, some friends of mine were speculating the same thing. It's like, wait, is she now an authority figure? It is leaning that way, but they have not, you know, they haven't out and out said anything. They haven't out and out said that she is or isn't going to wrestle. They haven't out and out said what her role is. So it's just, yeah, it's all kind of weirdly mysterious. It is. And I, I'm okay with it right now. I know one of the other podcasts I always quote on this show, the What Culture podcast, which is really, really good. Um, they did make some comments, though, about their dislike of authority figures and how they feel that it's overdone. Now, yes, in WWE, very true. I think in AEW, and I, I've expressed this opinion multiple times in the past, but the women's division, they they, they could do anything at this point and it would be better than what they are doing i I totally agree i i think yeah i I totally agree with that i think like i don't want to see an authority figure figure per se but if this means some sort of elevation change tweak to the women's roster i'm willing to put up with anything because it's just like so you're one match each show and it's just not very i don't know they need they need to kick kick start it and especially in a women's division that is just flooded with baby faces and not enough heels if they had a heelish authority figure for all of these baby faces to kind of despise and hate together they can get more creative storylines out of just doing something simple for someone who hasn't really been in the ring because yeah it is it did feel very reminiscent to when she was the general manager for smackdown or raw wherever the hell it was back in wwe back in the day 
but she's looking good. Uh, she's looking in shape. Uh, I, she's got a huge following on her social media, so it was another good piece to bring in to get more eyes on the product. Um, definitely freshens it up and breathes new life in that women's division. So something that we're going to have to take note of. Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome acquisition. So yeah, Arthur Ashe Stadium. Frickin' lit show. Unbelievable. It truly was a grand slam. Um, but also one little piece of information too. We saw that Malachi Black kind of gave everybody the bow at All Out before he... Uh, or after his match with House of Black and Miro, Sting, and Darby. Um, there was rumor that he was on his way out. He wasn't happy. There's been... You know, tum um, tumultuous, I don't know, events happening backstage, but it sounds like those aren't true, right, Steve? Well, here's what, and I'm basing most of this off his own words, which I think is obviously more credible than any dirt sheet, but he, it seems to be the facts right now. He requested time off, indefinite. He is going through some mental health issues. It sounds like the way he worded it, it's not like he's having marital problems, but he wants to address some mental health issues so that he doesn't have marital problems or even worse, you know, serious health issues because, you know, he's just not in a good frame of mind. He did say something originally about how promises, you know, he was referring to the last few years. So obviously it touched on WWE and maybe even AEW that some promises weren't kept and he just was kind of burnt out. Um, and then there was some rumors and I don't remember who said it about like a conditional release where essentially he was leaving AEW, but he couldn't go anywhere else. But he has since then come out and say, that was not true. If you don't hear it from me, it's bullshit. He does expect to be back in AEW at some point. I think he said something like it could be months, could be weeks, but he just needs some time off to get his mm -hmm. head right. And then recently, just this past few days, Buddy Murphy, there were rumors, was unhappy and leaving. But it turns out that he's just taking off some time. And they think maybe there was a rift in both cases. But it sounds like everything's smoothed over with both guys and they're expected to come back. Great. Which is yeah. good. Yeah, if you're an AEW fan, that's good news both on, all around. It's like you don't want to see guys like just sh one. You want supreme. You want dudes like that to just get right and do what they need to do because mental health is as important as physical health. But mm -hmm. yeah, I say don't. I don't want to see Malachi go black. Go back to WWE. I'd, I'd, I'd like them to use him meaningfully into AEW. Yeah, I mean AEW is would just be a perfect home for the guy. They've been using him pretty well, not great, but pretty well. Um, and we talked to before we started recording tonight. Like Cody was the first person that defected back to WWE, but he's kind of an arrogant shithead. <laughs> uh, Malachi Black is not one of those people, so to see him wanting to go was like, oh damn. I mean. AEW, like what's really going on over there and then to read this hopefully he gets the time and help he needs to get back right uh but yeah we just wanted to clarify that before we get to promo of the week so guys it's been really fun catching up on these headlines but we got to get to the mailbag since we're at the back end of our show and we got a good one right here this comes from uh scott from noonan georgia yeah noonan Noonan? Have you ever heard of Noonan, Georgia, guys? I have not. Me neither. All right. Well, thanks for tuning us in. I hope the Wi-Fi is strong wherever you are, Scott. 
I'm a pastor at my small town church, and when I want to get amped up to give a good sermon, I give a quick listen to the big boss man. <laughs> That's awesome, because, uh, yeah, I mean, religion and crime and punishment go hand in hand, so hey, it makes it was the total pr- sense. Big boss man was the pride of Cobb County, Georgia, so, I mean, obviously, he's, oh, there like, you a, go. he's like a patron saint there. He is. <laughs> and he gave one of the best eulogies of all time. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so this all makes sense. Scott, awesome. Really great submission here. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, so yeah, this is one from the big, mo- the big Boss Man. Let's take a listen. It is obvious Repo Man will stop at nothing to secure a victory, even if that means breaking the laws of the World Wrestling Federation. The next time the cunning superstar decides to break the rules, he had better hope the former prison guard from Cobb County, Georgia, is not in the vicinity, because the big man believes there's only one way to deal with lawbreakers. Every time I turn around, I'm adding another name to the big boss man's most wanted list. Time after time, man after man, coming into the World Wrestling Federation thinking they can break the laws, thinking they can break the rules without answering to me. The plain and simple fact is, I wear the uniform, and I'm proud of it. I stand tall for law, order, and justice. And there's thousands upon thousands of men, women, and children in this country that believe in me. That believe in law, order, and justice. And they ain't no way in the hell that I'm going to let them down. Because if anybody steps in the ring with me, they're going to have to fight us all. Every man, woman, and child, and the big boss man. So far, the big boss man has taken on anyone who has possessed the guts and the lack of intelligence to step into the ring. The results have not been pretty. Very good stuff, Scott. Really appreciate that submission. If you want to get your promo of the week played on one of our shows coming up here, just send us a message at keepthekfabe414 at gmail.com or just on Instagram or Facebook, keepthekfabe. So, yeah, boys, this was great. I missed you guys. It was nice to have a little time off. Probably would have preferred to be in uh, Italy and Greece and on a cruise in the Mediterranean. But, you know, I had fun here, too. So... (laughs) It was nice. Yeah. If you're happy with what you have right in front of you, you, you're way happier than most people. Fucking A. And you know why that is? Why? Why's that? Because I keep three pieces of advice in my mind at all times. Well, what's that? It's just stay humble, stay hungry, and stay hard. Triple H. Woo! Nel vento tirirò Amore mio La vita è più bella con te Il mondo tutto blu L'amore è più bello con te Le stelle sempre giù Oh 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 Vivo solo per te